Hi, beautiful. My name is Kelsey Wu, and I'm the host of the For Her podcast. Our society today is plagued by the notion that beauty only comes in one size and in one shape. So many young girls feed into this mentality and learn to hate themselves for not living up to the media's impossible standards. This podcast is designed to end that harmful frame of mind and spread the powerful message of body positivity and woman empowerment by highlighting stories from me, guests, and experts. We hope to empower you to realize that you are a beautiful, amazing, and exceptionally wonderful person, just the way you are. Now let's get on to the show. Hi, everybody! I'm so glad and so honored that you have come and decided to click play and hit that hit that play button and start this episode. Um, this is the first episode of For Her, and I'm sorry if I'm gonna be blabbing on too much um, first time and all, but I'm truly so honored that you came to listen and that you are here to invest in yourself and invest in your journey of self love. So I'm going to introduce today's topic. Um, today I'm going to be giving an introduction of myself. I'm going to share my story and tell you why I chose to start this podcast, why I chose to start for her, and what we intend for this podcast to be. I'm going to open my doors to my experiences and share my personal narrative. So, in order to tell a story well, I'm going to have to pick it up in life when I first, you know, really knew that my body wasn't okay and. I realized the societal stigma with bigger bodies. So I am a victim of bullying. I was bullied in in elementary school because of my weight, because of my appearance. Now, before I dive into that, I want to say to anyone else who anyone who's listening right now who is. A victim of bullying as well, who ha- has been bullied regardless if it's because of their weight, their appearance, their religion, any any aspect. I want to tell you that you are so strong. I know from a personal experience how hard it is, and the fact that you know both of us were a- was able to get out of it, and that we're here now, and that you are here now. You are so strong. And I want you to know that it was not okay for that to happen, but because it did, you are so much more developed, way more capable than your bully will ever be. And that experience was not your fault. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. To my story, I am a victim of bullying. So... Ever since I was young, I had always been surrounded by the belief that beauty only came in one size, that the only way to be pretty was to be skinny. I was also blatantly aware that I myself was not skinny. My body was different. I had unique um, shape in that I was the biggest out of my entire class, even bigger than most of the boys 
and obviously bigger than all of the girls. And because of that, I became a target. Um, not only was it just light teasing, but it was also very blatant bullying where crowds of people would come up to me when I was alone and ridicule me and ask me very hurtful questions. And it it really, really hurt me back then. As a young kid, I was only like six and to be having people come up to me and ask me to my face, why did I look like this? It it made me feel like something was very much wrong with me. And the thing though was even more traumatizing, I would say, it wasn't just me. I I know I knew that other girls were who also had diverse body shapes were being made targets and blunts of all jokes because they were either exceptionally taller or plumper or just way more developed in some areas. They were ridiculed, teased and ousted. And it was so horrible how other elementary kids would feel like it was their duty to point this out in front of you know, in front of them to humiliate all of us because of our different shapes. And it it really sort of under in, internalized in us the notion that our we were not accepted. And so I experienced physical, um, actual bullying by my peers, but also, in many ways, I was bullied by my culture. So I'm an Asian American, um, and I live in a very Asian-dominated community. My high school right now is like 90% Asian people. So I have been around the Asian culture ever since I was born. And the Asian culture's beauty standards is just one of the most one of the world's most impossible beauty standards um there's so many things that you know that really really for asian culture you can see it through like the k-pop stars and the k-dramas asian beauty is really impossible and it the, the the culture really rubbed off of me because I saw it everywhere I went. Um, I My mother was also very much impacted by the, the pressure of Asian culture to be a certain size, to have a certain, um, to have a certain, you know, frame, to have, um, to be taller. Um, she was also very much impacted by this. And even though she, she'd never wanted to, you know, harm me in any way, she did um, rub off of rub off the ne- negative connotation with Asian culture on me. Um, she didn't. She worried for me a lot because I was of a bigger size, and I was aware that she um, <clears throat> she wished that I was, you know, not as big when I was younger. And also, um, in many ways. The Asian culture was embodied through my grandparents, um, like my grandma. Uh, she she blatantly told my mother that she didn't she didn't think it was correct. She didn't think it was right that I was of a bigger frame. She told me that you know, and I I get what she meant. Like um, with the childhood obesity epidemic, you know, it is very important to watch your health. She. 
the way she she said it, it made me feel like there really was something wrong with me for having a bigger stature. So that experience, um, combined with the actual bullying that I experienced in school when I was young, created a mental imprint in my mind. It was this traumatic experience that, and you know, you know, you guys know with traumatic experiences, what they do to your mentality from a young age. It really taught me just one lesson that skinny was best, skinny is pretty, that small was better than big. And I learned this ever since the young age of six to nine uh, when I first went to elementary school. And um, as I grew, in many ways, it got worse. (laughs) So um, by the age of nine, I started extreme sports. Um, What extreme sports is, it's, uh, in my case, my extreme sport is diving. So if you don't know what diving is, it's a sport that embodies acrobatics, um, weight training, swimming, jumping, lots of lots of cardio. Um, I'm just saying this because it is an extreme sport. And I did it every day. I did it for weeks um, a couple. I did it for three years, but it, I would train every day. Like I would train Monday through Friday, um, two times on Saturday, and then maybe take Sunday off. Sometimes don't take Sunday off. I know it was weird. Like, was I training for the Olympics or something? I don't really know why my mother and my father put me through that, but you know, it was torturous. I'm saying I'm not a fan of diving. I'm actually like terrified of diving right now, but. I would tell you that I tell you this because my figure I'm telling I lost a lot of weight because of diving when before I was like the chubbiest kid in my entire class I lost so much weight because of all the calories I lost you know while I was training um and as I grew um I was getting taller as well so I was becoming, you know, quote-unquote acceptable in a society. And what I mean was, instead of getting ridiculed, I was getting praised. For the first time, I was brought on a high pedestal. So everywhere I went, people would comment on my weight loss. Um, they would they would make explanations like, oh my gosh, you lost so much weight. Good job for you. Or, wow, you're so pretty now. Or, wow, you um, you really did a good job. And, you know, it, it, was, it was so crazy, the onslaught of praise that I got for losing weight. You know, for once my my culture stopped shunning me and started applauding me. My mother, grandmother, friends, mothers, uncles, aunts, you know, they made me feel really good about myself. And uh, I think this experience is probably the most traumatic, like more traumatic than the bullying was. Because the feeling I got after I got complimented could literally put me on a high for weeks. I mean, I loved it. I loved being praised, loved being complimented. You know, it just, 
really everything just further instilled in me that skinny was the only acceptable body shape. And I definitely think this period of my life is the the one period that that was the reason why I think everything sort of went downhill after that. So after about three years of diving, I quit. I quit. Um, I didn't like diving. Um, as I just said before, it wasn't, I wasn't happy doing the sport. And um, so I quit. And after I quit, you know, I didn't gain weight automatically. Um, uh, I made sure to sort of maintain my weight after diving. I went to the gym and everything, but it just wasn't the same because one of the main reasons why I quit diving was because I just didn't have time to to do it anymore. Um, I was going into eighth grade and then soon I'd come to high school and high school, you know, you just really don't even have time to like, to sleep. How can you spend three hours a day diving? So when I quit, um, the scale didn't automatically, you know, shoot up, but it did start creeping up. Before, when I could easily keep a certain number on the scale, I found like, hmm, I can't, I can't really maintain that anymore, and in it, it bothered me. Um, it was a slow process, but gradually, this became a very prominent issue of mine. Like I, I was genuinely worried. Like, wow, I, I'm getting bigger again, and while I wasn't like terrified that. I would go back to the way I, um, the way I used to, the way I used to be, but I didn't want to lose, you know, my figure. And that's when I turned to dieting. So my dieting, um, turned out, uh, first turned out for restrictive eating at first, um, just, you know, a couple restrictions here and there. Uh, I didn't do anything crazy. But then gradually, this development escalated, and it became something much scarier. Um, Everything just sort of exploded for me when I transit in the middle of my freshman year, and I, I became obsessed with the way my body looked, and all of my old fears came just rushing back. And sadly, at the age of 15, I developed a full-blown eating disorder. And the difference between eating disorder and just restrictive eating was it became an obsession for me. So I'm talking about restricting, um, not just regular restricting, extreme restricting. So that means like I like literally only had a handful of foods that I could actually eat. Um, calorie counting. Uh, my calorie counter app was like my Bible. I abided to it religiously. It was so crazy. Like I, if I ate one calorie more than my limit, I would freak. I would think, oh my God, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm useless. I I'm just going to gain all this weight back. And I abided to that to that app like crazy. Not only did I um, count my calories, did I restrict, I fasted. Um, I had a very, very crazy fasting window. It was, 
it was very, very hard to keep to, but somehow I did it. And I, I worked out like crazy. Yeah. Um, lots of cardio because that's what diet culture tells you, right? Cardio is amazing. You should, you should sprint for like 10 minutes. And then after that, run three miles, you know, cause that's, that's what keeps you healthy. Diet culture and you know, fat phobia of society is telling young girls all this stuff. And I fed into it. Like I fed into it. And, you know, at first, I know at first I thought it was great. You know, I lost a lot of weight. Um, they don't tell you this, but when you lose a lot of weight at one time, that is definitely not healthy. But I lost a lot of weight in like a week and I thought it was great. Um, but slowly it became became worse um, as months crept on. You know, physically I was healthy, but mentally I started to deteriorate really rapidly. And my body was shutting down and I wasn't even realizing it. My mentality was so messed up. Um, all I could think about was food. I had developed obsessive compulsive thinking of food. Um, it's a condition where you cannot stop thinking about food. And it got to the point where I couldn't even pay attention in class because the teacher would be talking about one thing and I would think be thinking about mac and cheese or I would be thinking about pizza. You know, I my my grades suffered because I couldn't I couldn't concentrate. I could not physically concentrate because I, my body was so low on nutrition and food. It, it was, it was the only, it was the thing that it was craving and I wasn't giving it to it and that it was responding by taking over my mentality. Um, also not just having a horrible mentality, uh, but I also, you know, physically I was so weak. Um, I couldn't climb stairs. So I tried my best at school to avoid stairs I couldn't climb stairs. I couldn't run. Um, I when I did, I would get lightheaded, um, dizzy. I would have to sit down. Um, it was a horrible development that I had to go through, and I tell you all of this because to paint in your mind how how hard of an experience it was for me. But I also want to tell you why I couldn't stop. Um, I had an actual fear in my mind. Even though like I was miserable, even though I would never been so alone in my entire life, even though I honestly I was I was counting down the days and when and when I could do keep doing this because I I was so so it was so hard. But I couldn't stop because I was so scared of gaining it all back. You know, I'd lost a lot of weight on my eating disorder. I lost a lot of weight, like the most I'd ever lost at such a short amount of time. And I was terrified that if I were to stop, it would all come back. And I didn't want it to all come back. I didn't want other people to, you know, look at me and think think to themselves, wow, she, she gained a lot of weight. Um, to me, that was like failure. And I couldn't stop. Slowly though, um, it became really, really hard, and I and I started, you know, questioning myself whether I could 
I could continue, like whether I could actually even make it to to the end of freshman year alive. It came down to the point where I was genuinely terrified of my own health. You know, I had to honestly come to terms with myself. Kelsey, this isn't just regular dieting. This is an eating disorder. And I needed help. I'm so glad that I was able to to tell myself that this was serious. And I was so glad that I was able to get in to bring up enough enough confidence and strength in myself to ask my parents for help. I'm also so internally grateful and so privileged that they took me seriously, um, that they didn't treat my 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 sickness as a joke. They they took me seriously and they they supported me. And it's because of that, it's because I was able to you know, tell myself that this was serious, to tell myself that I was worth help and that my parents were were able to give it to me that, you know, I'm I'm sitting here right now. Because I honestly don't know if I would even be, you know, where I am today. I I shudder to think what what could have happened to me if I didn't ask for help, if I didn't tell my parents, if I didn't tell somebody, if I didn't come to terms with myself and told myself, okay, I got myself into an eating disorder, what can I do to get myself out of it? But I don't think God intended for me to go through an eating disorder and then just ignore it for the rest of my life. Because I won't. Not when so many girls in my community that I know personally are struggling with the same thing that I went through. Not when so many other young girls in this country, in this world, are going through what I went through. Alone, just as I was. Scared, just as I was. And needing help, but at the same time having no way to actually get it. So that's why, you know, after a year, right now, a year after my eating disorder, I created an organization specifically meant to accomplish what I wished was, uh, what I wish someone told me a year ago when I was going through this, to spread the message of body positivity, to end body dysphoria, to destigmatize the talks of eating disorders and uplift and highlight prominent women in our society who strengthen our community every day. You know, if I had if someone had a service like this, you know, an organization like this who was highlighting this message in my community when I was going through it. You know, maybe Maybe it wouldn't have been, I don't know what would have happened, but maybe it wouldn't have been so hard for me to stop. Maybe I would have felt more protected, not so much alone, and I could have gotten help earlier. And that's what I hope to be for all these young girls. I hope to be that help. I hope to to be that person that tells them that this isn't okay. And if they... If they aren't strong enough to 
to ask for help, that's okay because my organization is here. I'm here for you. And that's what, that's what I want for her to be. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. For more content, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast for bi-weekly posts. Don't forget to check out our various other services, such as the For Her Summer Workshops, Advocacy and Policy Work, Book Release, and many more on our website at forher.biz. The link is in the show notes. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at for.her underscore official for weekly updates. Thank you so much for listening. And I just wanted to let you know that you are so strong. You are absolutely glowing. And you are worth everything in this world. Never forget that. Bye. You color my life, you break the line, I'm falling for you You're stuck in my mind, just all the time, I'm falling for you